Hi, this is Sylvia Weinstock, and you're listening to the Wedding Podcast Network. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Meet the Masters. I'm Robert Allen, and on today's show, we are very lucky to have a true wedding master. We're here today with Samantha Goldberg of Gold Events and Company. Samantha, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Now, we have so many things to talk about today, and just to to tease everyone, you, I am sure, have seen Samantha's face and her work before, because she is one of the wedding world celebrities. You've seen her on TV, on various news programs, as well as the hit TV show that so many people love to watch, Whose Wedding Is It Anyway? Yes. <laughs> That's exciting. We've got some some behind-the-scenes scoop and information that we'll talk about when uh, when we get into the program. But what I want to talk about first is what you're really known as in the industry. You've kind of have this this title, if you will, as being uh, the event planner for those who are working on a budget. Yeah, the uh, divas on a budget wedding planner. <laughs> <laughs> I think they sense a little diva in me, so somehow I've picked up that name. But, yeah. Uh, yes. Now, you know, it's really interesting because when you first told me about that, it, it didn't really fit because, you know, when you think about budget, you think about giving up things and and paring down and bare bones. But when you look at the weddings that you've produced and helped create, it's nothing like that. Well, I mean, budget is semantics. I mean, it's a matter of, uh, you know, someone that's spending a quarter of a million dollars is on a budget. And I think that's the one thing that people have to keep in mind. Do you have to spend a quarter of a million dollars to have a fabulous wedding? No. It's a matter of spending wisely. And I think that's the one thing that people have to keep in mind is, you know, it's a matter of the need column and the want column. You know, what is going to be most essential for us to kind of get the message across to our guests without having to take a second mortgage on the house we just bought or take away from the fund where we will be able to afford a home? Right, right. And and, and I think one of the, the things that a lot of brides don't understand is that when you work with a wedding coordinator, an event planner, and you choose the right one, it will really save you money, not cost you more money. You know, I think that initial link up in a bride's mind is, oh, a wedding planner means, you know, this elaborate, over the top, everything is just, you know, to extravagance, when really just the opposite is true for a, a, a wedding planner who's doing their job. Most planners, um, obviously, they, they're comfortable working in the higher budgets because it affords them to do things that maybe they don't have to think outside the box as much. Not that that's a bad thing, um, but there are very few planners that work in all different realms of budgets where they're comfortable with someone that comes in and says, you know, I only have $26,000, you know. I want to have video, I want to have photography, I want to have elaborate centerpieces. Can you make this happen? And I want you to be there the day of my wedding to make sure that I can be a guest at my own affair. You know, yes, it can be done. Um, again, I, you know, 
wedding planners many, many years ago were, you know, for the wealthy, the famous, the, you know, the people that seemed a lot more lavish than most people say, the average American, 75% of America. And I think, again, planning wisely, we are there to put you in the right direction. Again, is this what you need or is this what you want? Deciphering that, giving them options. Well, you know what? Hey, you could have videography, but maybe not have the editing right now and utilize some of those wonderful gifts in cash that you get to have the editing done later. Later. So, you know, making sure that you do have the essential elements, like for video example, maybe you'll never get to see grandma walk down the aisle again. Why should you give that up to have some elaborate centerpiece that lasts a day compared to something that maybe lasts a lifetime? Yeah. Now, do you find that when a couple will come to you and want to engage your services, are they in the right frame of mind to work with a wedding coordinator? Or do you have to kind of get them into a mode where they're going to transfer some of that responsibility and that that trust to you, a virtual stranger, right? I mean, unless they know yeah. you before, you know, you meet <laughs> and a couple of times, but, you know, you're virtually strangers. And here it is, this this life-changing life moment that they're going to experience now. They're putting it in your hands. I would imagine that sometimes that's a little bit more difficult than other times. How do you handle that transition for a bride from, you know, who wants to, you know, ultimately maybe started out by wanting to do it all on her own and now saying, Samantha, help me, you know, take me through this. Is it sometimes difficult? Um, it can be difficult. And um, one thing that I've incorporated into my business and a lot of other planners laugh at me, but I bring Myers-Briggs into the situation because I think it's a matter of deciphering the personality profile of the client that I'll be working with. Um, you know, deciding are they a type A plus plus that has a lot of energy like I am and, you know, maybe they're, you know, they're really hands on, they're the do it yourself bride, they're a little bit of a control freak. Can they give up the control and let me do my job is the really the big question. And, you know, as we are getting to know each other, they're interviewing me, but I am also interviewing them to ensure that I'm going to make their day a success. You know, it's not like television where you're paired up with a couple or a couple's on TV and everything is glorified and cut down from 60 hours to 22 minutes. It's it's not exactly as simple as it seems. Right. And um, it, it can be difficult. Sometimes we decide that, you know, our personalities are not a good match um, in the beginning. Um, there has been uh, unfortunate circumstances where maybe a few times in my career We've had to dissolve our relationship throughout the process. You know, I want them to have that amazing day. And, you know, if someone's not able to let me do my job, and when I say my job, it doesn't mean changing everything they want. It means let me take some of the stress away from you so that you can be a guest at your own affair, especially for the brides and grooms that are on budgets. You know, if it's 1500 or $2,000 for the day to have me there, utilize me. You know, I don't want to be arm candy. Don't hire me because you saw me on TV and it looks glorious. Glorified. Right. Utilize my services, and if you can't allow me to, you know, work for my pay, as I call it, then we're not a good fit. Exactly, exactly. And I think couples need to know that when you hear a wedding consultant say, "I've turned down clients," in most cases, it's really for the client's best interest. It's just that it's not worth it for us as wedding professionals to hurt our reputations by not being able to give the bride ultimately what she wants. Someone out there will be Someone able to. Someone out there will be a better and fit. It's, it's, and it's, it's so, more, so much more important for the bride to be paired with the right wedding consultant than it is for us. We do it every weekend. Exactly. We're on to the next client. 
but a bride needs to make all of those right choices. So, so let's assume she's made the right choice and she's picked the right wedding consultant for her, the personality match, uh, the right level of service. How can a couple best utilize your services? You know, do you start right from the beginning with them or you are, are you just kind of formulating that team in your head as you're getting input from them? Because, you know, let's face it, you can take a bride to see 10 or 12 of each vendor, but that's not going to, to be the best use of anyone's time. So I would imagine you're starting to build a team in your head as you're speaking to them. Is that kind of the process? Yeah, it's it's almost like you're you're building a I call a wedding blueprint. You know, it's it is a, again part of the questionnaire that I put it together. It's our first initial consultation, finding out. Sometimes, you know, a bride and groom will come in and. You know, they'll say, you know what? I'm not the typical client. I don't know what I want. And I said, believe it or not, you are the typical client. Not everybody wakes up one day and says, I know that I want the white dress and I want the centerpieces to look just like this. Sometimes you have to talk to people about what they don't like before you get to what they like. So it is a matter of the question and answer and really trying to get into their head and figure out, okay, what are your expectations from me? You know, can I meet these expectations? You know, now that you've hired me and we're on the same page with that, now how can you best utilize me? Well, let's talk about it. Do you need me to be there with you every step of the way? Maybe not. Maybe I make suggestions and give you options and let you go on the appointments on your own. You don't need me to hold your hand to go to venues and decide if it's beautiful. I've been to those venues a million times. I know if they're pretty. I've been to enough tastings. You would be sending them there if if you didn't have the confidence in it. So a lot of times I like to look at uh, a wedding planner as like an attorney. You know, we call ourselves the, the billable hours people where you are really utilizing me for my time and my expertise. So if you are on a budget, don't have me go to a venue with you. Don't tell me, can you come with me to look at wedding dresses? Because you know what? Most planners don't go with to look at the wedding dress. It's a television show. But right. you know what? Utilize me for negotiations of things that you need and don't need with the venue. Utilize me for photographers that fit within your price range that maybe give you that photojournalism look that you're looking for. Let me do the legwork for you so that you can just make educated choices. I'll know if they're open on your date. I'll know if you can afford them. I just need you to make a choice. Now, what are some of the things that kind of stand out to you as like as the professional who understands all of this that a couple might make if they weren't using an event planner? What are some hidden costs that they might not be thinking about when they're planning for their especially their wedding reception? Um, What are some of those inside things that you know that a bride or groom might not even think about? And where do I begin? Yeah, and I know there's a Um, a long list. I think, you know, obviously um, you look at the meat and potatoes of an event and, you know, the venue obviously can counter for 35 to 40% of what your budget is. So honestly, the venue would be a good place to start, Um, you know, extra fees such as cake cutting fees. If you decide to bring in your cake from an outside vendor, um, can you utilize the credit from your venue Some people say no. And, you know, can you take that credit and put it towards something else? Well, no. So is it worth it for you to get the cake elsewhere? I mean, those are things. And if you do bring in the cake from elsewhere, they're going to charge you an extra $2 to cut that cake. Now, what's (laughs) that about? I mean, you know, it's like, you know, as a videographer charging, you know, to rewind the tape before 
you give it to the client. You know, isn't that part of the job? It is a part of labor. I mean, if you think about the labor intensive jobs, like um, people that can't provide the tangible immediate, like a photographer, you know, you don't get to see the finished product until after you go and look at your proof. Same with video. Um, You know, in the beginning, you are paying for the labor. And in the end, you know, obviously with video, um, they may spend a nine or 10 hour day with you with video, but the editing could take hundreds of hours. So, you know, do all these things need to happen right away? Do you need all that special, you know, special editing such as, you know, um, sparklers or, you know, uh, the change of scenery with, um, you know, rose petals falling down or special coloring and effects added in? No, you don't need to have that. And you can still have a wonderful video, but you need to talk to your videographer about it and say, you know what? I want to take that stuff out to save myself an extra three or $400. It is really expensive because it is all about, it's labor intensive. So, you know, but going back to the venue, as far as hidden costs are involved, again, that $2 or two to $4, actually, depending on if you want the cake to be boxed and you supply the box for them, um, they count that as labor, but you are already paying for labor with that 18 to 22 percent service fee added on to your per person price at the venue. So technically, right. whether you use them for cake cutting, they're either going to cut the cake that they provide or that you provide. It's still the same service fee. They're not working any longer. You know, but so. those are the exact things that that we talk about in terms of why. It would be important for you because let's face it, you could go in there and negotiate something like a a a, a slicing fee, which and I say, think is ridiculous. Hey, listen, <laughs> you know, we need you to provide that for us at no charge, right. and we'll do the deal. Or you know, and a couple may not even think about even bringing that up. Or if it's during off-peak season, if you don't ask, you don't get. I remember seeing something on the news. I don't know if it was. A New York news station, it was in New Jersey, it was somewhere, but it was around the holidays and they had this um, news reporter go in undercover and he had a camera inside of him and, you know, the news reporter basically was asking promotions for promotions that weren't even advertised and people behind the counter were, as a matter of fact, Mr. Customer, I have a 20% discount coupon underneath here, I'll let you use it. So, you know, Macy's has it, Lord and Taylor have it, they all have it. It doesn't have to be a holiday, but if you don't ask, and, you know, obviously, you know, as a planner, I do have good relationships with venues where I can say, you know what, this particular couple, they're working on a really tight budget here, you know what? You can either take this date or we'll give it to somebody else. You know, I'm not going to lose sleep over not giving it to you, but do you want this extra 10 to 12 grand on a date that you aren't going to book? Right. It's your choice. And, and I think more importantly, they're looking at their relationship with you and will, you know, the right vendor, the true professional will try and take care of the people who take care of them. And it's only natural to say if you came to to a director of catering and say, listen, I need this favor. Can you do this? Would be more apt to do it than if a couple were just coming off the street and say, hey, give me a discount. You know, they're losing one couple. Exactly. With you, they may be losing a dozen. A dozen. And, you know, it, it is about building relationships because, you know what, what goes around comes around. Maybe I have a budget client this time, but next time I have a client that buys the entire package and doesn't care about discounts. Right. Maybe their budget allows for that. So it, it is a win-win situation for the both of us. And if my clients can walk away saying, you know, Samantha gave me everything I wanted and more, and, and you know, not to mention the venue that they gave everything on top of what they expected... 
you know, they're going to recommend their friends. Maybe their friends aren't working on the same budget. But again, it's a win-win situation. Nobody loses. Right, right. And, you know, it's, it's very interesting when you bring up, you know, when you talk about how much psychology plays into to what you do as a wedding professional. One of the things that I always got a kick out of was how a couple would, after the wedding, you know, respond and thank me and not mention anything about, you know, video or anything like that, but how I made them feel that day. And it just amazes me, you know, how much is placed on how you make them feel, that comfort level, that everything's going great. When you know that something may have just gone wrong behind those kitchen doors and you walk out smiling and give the bride a big hug and say, <laughs> everything's just fabulous. When inside there's bells going off in your head. Oh, I mean, yeah. you know, those moments. And yet the couple just knows nothing of it. And you've put out that fire and you just go on and they look at it as just Samantha just made me have such a wonderful day. Well, they say it's called perfect. And what I tell every couple when they come into my office, and I remember to repeat it several times during our process, there's no such word as perfect. Perfect is in the eye of the beholder. <laughs> so it's really funny how couples with oh, Samantha, the wedding was perfect. It was flawless. And I'm thinking to myself, do you have any idea that your cake almost tipped over, that the maitre d' just destroyed one of your centerpieces that you spent $300 on and right. I had to fix it for the last hour? Do you right. have any idea? And uh, it's funny, but you know what? When I see a couple and I do, it's called the grand reveal. I grab them from cocktail hour. I show them what the room looks like because technically all they care about is what are people going to feel when they walk into our room? Right. Are they going to have a good time? Is it going to be look? It doesn't look fantastic. And when I see the sigh of relief and their big smile, like oh my god, you know, for me that's the best tip in the world because then I know the rest of the evening they're going to have a good time. Right. They're not going to worry about the color of the flower matching the exact color of the flower that I showed them when they were in the office. They're not going to worry about that one votive was not lit on the table. You know what? It's just, it's a sense of relief. Right. And for me, then I know that I've done my job. Absolutely. And, you know, you talk about that moment, and it is such a great moment when a couple walks in and sees that, you know, for the first time. And I encourage all of our listeners, whether you're using a planner or not, make sure that you get in and you see that room when it's all set up five minutes before everyone walks in because it changes from that moment. Destroyed. As soon as people walk <laughs> in the room, <laughs> you know, it's just, it's gone. Once people are sitting at the table, right. and they put you their purse. You can't take them back out and again. <laughs> they move everything out of the way and they're suddenly, you right. know, picking things apart. And, oh, yeah. You know, and, and, you know, it's, it's very funny because we had gone to an event where the centerpieces were revolving on little motors. <laughs> and there were these things that were sprouting out of the centerpieces and they apparently didn't test anything and they turned the centerpieces on and within minutes all you heard were glasses crashing because oh. what they didn't anticipate <laughs> was that someone was going to place their wine glass in a little bit further and as it was rotating something was knocking the glasses over so everyone would scramble and they had to disconnect all of the centerpieces from revolving because all the glasses were I don't know if I would have over. secretly been laughing. You know, <laughs> it's, you know. And, you know it's, the, it's the kind of thing that, you know, a wedding is a living, breathing entity. You can plan and plan and plan. But as soon as, you know, you kind of it's like a get domino on that effect. track, <laughs> it's just, and you know what? It could have been something that totally freaked out the client. 
but you know what? They just went with it. It but was they a laughed, moment. And it was funny and, and, it, and it ended. And it went on and people yep. just had a good time. But so much, and I think we talked about this too, so much comes from the bride and groom. If a bride and groom are having a great time and they're smiling, everything's okay. Because everyone takes their cue from them. Right. They're looking to the couple for like, what's the next move? You know, does the bride look anxious? Is she having a good time? Does she like the decor? You know, I, 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 you know, if we're planning for, you know, I've planned weddings in two weeks. Obviously, it's not enough time to read your client. But, um, you know, watching the mannerisms of the bride and groom and being able to tell if the bride is flaring her nostrils that we're not right. talking I, about. I look at the temples. Exactly. You know, the teeth. Body language. You know, it's one thing that I was trained to do is read body language. You know, for me, it's the nostrils flaring and I kind of turn my head to the side and you know that I, I don't like it. I don't always express my opinions because, you know, not every situation elicits for me to express my opinion. I'll keep it to myself, but I can always tell with my clients, I'll be like, she doesn't like it. And the florist will look at me or someone, like, how do you know? I'm like, trust me, she doesn't like it. And we'll get into the car and the bride will be like, I didn't like it. So I'm like, that's fine. I kind of figured you didn't like it, but you know what? Had to show you that as an option, but you know, it's a matter of just again, looking at the mannerisms. And, and, and I think that guests that know the couple very well, they must pick up on those same mannerisms that I do. Oh, yeah. So again, they're looking at the couple to see, are they enjoying themselves? I just had a situation this weekend where the bride the entire time was like, I've got to have you there because I'm ha- I have these anxiety attacks and you know I've got to have you there. And I'm like, okay, I will be there. I will be there for you. And throughout the process, is Samantha there? Is she at the church? And I'm like, I'm at the church. And Finally, I just said to her, and I can't mention any names, but I said, you know what? I said, it's going to happen in about five minutes. So here's your choice. You ready? You can have anxiety attacks. And believe me, I suffered from anxiety attacks for a long time. So I'm not discounting the fact that it is of high energy, lots of emotions, but they have a choice. You can either focus on everything that goes wrong or every possible thing that can go wrong and kick yourself tomorrow morning when you wake up for not being able to enjoy the moment or you can say you know what this is just this is going to happen it is going to happen in 5 minutes and i have no more control so i'm going to learn to enjoy it and that's the bottom line so 90% of the time i'm able to get the bride to say you know what you're right why am I freaking out right now? And we laugh about it. And if we have to do a shot beforehand, I'll join them in unison. But, you know, <laughs> anything to calm them down. But I, I think the most important thing is, again, to just remember, it's one day to celebrate the union of two families, two people that are in love. And if you could just focus on that, then if things tip over, if the cake falls over, if someone's veal chop is cold, who cares? That's right. That's right. And all of those things will happen. Yeah. Something they goes all, on. Something, something always happens. Grandma gets drunk. Right. Dad says something inappropriate during his speech. Oh, no. Does it mean that your relationship with your new husband is going to be destroyed? No, it doesn't. Does it Absolutely. mean that your friends and family are going to disown you? No. It just means that dad said something inappropriate. Right. And you just, you handle it and you, you go on and that's, that's a part of life. You know, I, I think too many people treat a wedding as this entity that's so far removed from real life when, 
the, the furthest thing is from the truth. It really is all about real life in being yourself and looking like you look. You know, it, I was just talking to, to someone else in another podcast and we we're talking about, you know, hairstyles and how you should, you know, you should look like yourself. Your groom should recognize you when you walk down the aisle. It shouldn't be something that's so outlandish and so different just to make a statement because, you know, you're going to have this moment etched in photographs and in videotape and in people's memories and you want it to, to to be like you and i think your attitude needs to be the same way if you're a happy person ordinarily be happy on your wedding day don't be so totally stressed out that it ruins it's the a day shame you. you know obviously there are you know brides that have to take medication the day of because they're that stressed or the mother of the bride's taking medication because everything has to be perfect and you know again expectation that everything has to be perfect that's the key thing well, you know, when you talk about that perfection, and it's a perfect lead-in to talking about the um, the Style Network, whose wedding is it anyway, you know? <laughs> um, and when you talk about what we've now become known, you know, as Bridezillas, and I have to say, I'm going on record right now, I'm taking credit for coining that term in 1997, and if anyone out there can prove that they used that term, Bridezilla, prior to 1997, let me know. <laughs> but until that moment, I am taking claim for mentioning Bridezilla in my presentation in 1997, but it's become a reality in this world. There are brides that totally lose it. We've seen it on that show. We've seen you standing next to them. What's that all about? What's going on? You know, it's, it's funny. I've, I've done articles about the Bridezilla name and what does that really mean? And, you know, there's there's a point where it's not really considered Bridezilla. It's a point where the bride's just very stressed out and she doesn't know how to get herself back down again. It's very hard. It's an emotional process. And then there's the part where it's the real bridezilla that gets beyond that point of stressing and begins to be a little more demanding um, expectation. I expect this. I expect it to be like this. You will do this. And they, I, I think it, you know, it could even be somewhat chemical. I think they drive themselves to the point where they're so extremely stressed out that it's not even a mental thing. It's chemical because you're up, down, up, down, up, down. It's, um, it can be sometimes quite scary. You know, I, have I experienced it on my show? Yes. You know, um, I've even seen something, what I call the groomzilla where the guy freaks out and it's like, whoa, you know, maybe he wanted something and it didn't turn out exactly like that. And you show it to him and they freak out. I'm like, but there's time to change it. And I think I was actually watching one of the episodes that I think was you were working with the groomzilla. Was that one of the, the shows? I'm not sure. I, I know you were on that show, but I don't know if it was actually your wedding. But it was this groom who planned the entire day. I don't. And, you know, I don't know that in my experience that's never been a good thing no grooms are i gotta tell you it's surprising to me because i am finding a lot of grooms that are a lot more involved um, and i think involved is good it's good but not when the bride is less involved than the groom yeah i i have had that i have had that and believe it or not there was a, an appointment that i had this is probably about two years ago where bride and the groom came into my office and they were discussing stuff and the bride would say one thing and the groom was like no no, I don't know. It shouldn't be like that. And I was like, 
And she would kind of give me a look and I would look at him and he would go on talking about other things that they wanted. And again, he would interrupt her and say that he, no, no. And at the end of the meeting, I pretty much said, you know what? I don't think this is going to be a good fit. And I said, if I could make a suggestion, I think you both need to kind of get together and decide what this wedding is really going to be about. Because to me, it seems very one-sided. I'm not getting the feel of what the bride wants here. And I said, you know what? For me, I love what I do. And if it gets to the point where I don't love what I do anymore, where our relationship isn't going to last. So I'd rather you think about what you want first before you look into any other planners because I I would hope that as a good planner that you would turn away the business out of the goodness of your heart and also what your clients are in need of. Exactly. I would hope. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and that's what we spoke about before. It's really making the right decision for the couple. Now, when, when you talk about, about the TV show, how close to reality is what we're seeing? you know, on the show. Now, obviously it's, it's condensed and I'm sure they work with you on days when you're actually doing things for the couples. Uh, but is it a real reflection of what the experience is like? How close do we get? Well, audience, I hate to tell you, <laughs> but, um, I would say probably 40% of what you're watching is true. And the other 60% has been, you know, repeated. Um, is it happening six months prior to the wedding? Probably not. Um, you know, there have been episodes where um, I show a facial expression and has it been edited where that expression wasn't exactly during the moment that I was with a couple. Yes, that has happened on several occasions. In fact, I'm always kind of nervous when I watch a show that I've done because I'm like, oh, my God. How are they going to make me look, you know, and I, the style network is wonderful. Obviously they never want to make anyone look really bad, but, but it's important to create some drama. It's drama. And, uh, there was, there was one particular episode that people seem to ask me about all the time about this couple that wanted to have a couch at their wedding. And as I am all for the, um, swanky lounge, it wasn't really swanky. It was a brown riveted couch and the couple, you know, they didn't want a wedding planner, but the family of the bride lived in Florida and, you know, she wasn't able to help them out. Well, whatever have you, the the parents of the bride, they were very nervous that it wasn't going to be wedding like they were going to have all these people coming in from out of town. And so obviously I want to find out, you know, what's the couch thing all about? Where do you want this couch? And they weren't very cooperative with me. There were other things that had happened prior to this going on. And of course, that got my steam going, but kind of not being cooperative as far as where they wanted this horrid couch to be placed. (laughs) And I had to walk around this area. Where do you want this? And as my levels began to elevate, um, obviously, I decided, you know, I got to go. It wasn't that I was leaving the couple. It was that I got to the point where it's like, as a professional, I was told when you get in a heated discussion, you cool off, you walk away for five minutes and you revisit the situation. I walked off to revisit the situation, but on camera, it looked like I was basically saying, bye-bye, gotta go. (laughs) And they cut out a lot of things. And so, you know, a lot of my couples that I met with me are like, gosh, you know, were they really that difficult? And I'm like, there were times where the couple was very difficult, but the show made it look a lot more difficult. It made right. me look like I couldn't handle the situation. It wasn't really 
on the up and up. Right. And it's all being presented in half. It's all being presented from 60 hours of taping to 22 minutes. minutes. So you can understand (laughs) there's a plethora (laughs) of stuff that you could cut and paste. Right. And it would make anyone look horrible. Sure, sure. Not on purpose, but to add drama. There's millions. This is the number one wedding show in America. Millions of people watch this show because it's entertaining. Right. You have to take it as that. Exactly. That's it. And it's, you know, it's amazing how people care like you know oh, these yeah. shows and, and i've had friends and i've had friends that you know had talked about reality television programming 15 18 years ago when you didn't have all of this and we would sit and laugh and it's like who's gonna just sit and watch someone's videos and and all of that and here it is reality television has taken the world by storm it's all about reality um or perceived reality, or some it's form of reality, of the situation, but not really what it is. <laughs> it's so funny because I'll, I'll actually have people email me asking questions about the show. Did this really happen? And and I laugh and I said, you know what? It's adorable that you would even ask me this, but I, I'm going to be honest with you. Reality TV does mean editing, whether it's on the Style Network or on Channel 7, you know, ABC, whatever. Right. It is cut and paste. And, you know, you cannot take that many hours. You know how long you'd be sitting in front of the television? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. And I think a great example right now, Holly and I watch a lot of reality television. One of our favorite shows is Big Brother. And I don't know if if you watch that. Many a time. (laughs) But the the shows that you watch on the network during prime time are very compelling and great to watch and entertaining. But now they have this feed overnight that you can watch it all in real time. And I have to say, it's the most boring thing you'd ever want to watch. It's just like surveillance cameras of these people just talking and sitting and talking. If it weren't for editing, no one would want to watch. This There's nothing it's exciting. Just, you know, There's nothing funny. It, There's not like something that's matched up with something else where you're like, right. oh my God, I it's can't just, believe she just, that. <laughs> it's just real life. And it, it's funny because I had a friend of mine who had had a police scanner modified so that he could pick up telephone calls cell phone calls and listen in and when he i remember distinctly when he first got this he was so excited and he's going home and he's going to listen to all of these conversations and i saw him a few weeks later and i said so how you doing what, what's up with the scanner and he says i listen to conversations all the conversations are i'm coming home do what do you want chinese food or should i pick up pizza or do are we out of milk or he said i didn't hear anything interesting it was all just Everything I talk about with my own family. And you know what? That's what life is. It's everyone lives, you know, these same things. And you look at a wedding and it needs to be compelling in order to be watched. So I think people need to kind of take it with a little grain of salt. They, well, some, it's funny because some people take it too seriously. Like, it's like, oh, my God, can you believe the bride said that? Can you believe the planner did that? The planner <laughs> did exactly what the planner wanted. The planner had the wedding of her dreams, but it wasn't exactly what the bride wanted. It's like, oh, come on. Did you not listen to the end of the show where the bride and groom say we could never have done this without so-and-so? It's like, listen. Right. Again, you do have to take it with a grain of salt, but I laugh. I mean, I laugh. There's chat rooms all around the country, you know, you have the Not Forums, you have the Wedding Channel, you have all these other television, candid reality show forums. It's so funny. I've actually been sent these things from friends that, like, sometimes they'll Google me to see, well, has Samantha done? Because I don't tell people all the time. I just kind of go and do. And they'll say, 
someone was talking about the show in a really negative way that you walked off the set because you weren't getting your way. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> Lord. I'm like, this was not about me not getting my way. I'm like, should I explain to the public? I'm like, no, you know what? It's just if I could just get on television before every show and just say, dear audience, please, whatever you see, don't do this at home. Right. This isn't the real stuff. <laughs> they, you know, they should have, you know, they have those warnings before you watch the Daredevil yeah, shows. Or, like, or what is it? It really the, should be a disclaimer before what is that. that. Jackass. They say, do not do this do at not home. Attempt this. Same thing with weddings. Exactly. Do not prepare to act like this at home. It is not for real. Even Bridezilla's, for as horrible as you think they are, that show is edited to death. I know a client, not of mine, that was on that show, and she was more Mortified. Mortified. I mean, yeah. you know, there were things that had happened, which, again, come in with editing of television, which I can't tell you all those secrets, but that where they put things together that made it seem like it was somebody else's fault and it wasn't. And it caused a lot of controversy. I will tell you that. But most of all, I felt sorry for the bride because there were a lot of things that made her look really bad. And she wasn't really like that. Yeah, it was just the way she it was, was just and. Oh God, the controversy I read about this one! My God. <laughs> now, along those lines, do you what you know after the fact? How do couples feel? Do they regret being on the show, or was it a positive thing? What What are some of the outcomes in in the end? How do they feel? You about know, it? I I think I've only had one couple that may have regretted being on the show, and again, um, I think it was probably the couch wedding. I don't really know. I mean, obviously, the parents had sent a thank you letter afterwards that it was beautiful. Um, I, I think during the show, even the, the parents were probably a bigger fan of mine than the gut Brian, the girl were because, well, they didn't really want a planner. I mean, they didn't really want a wedding. So, um, I didn't think that they were going to be, I mean, they did say that they were appreciative and they could not have put it together without me, which was great. Um, but I, I would say it's probably the only couple, most of them, we watch it. I always have a premiere party with my clients after the fact at my home. And, and you, you know, I always say to them, what you're going to see, I haven't seen either. So we're going to look at this and we're going to laugh together because it was an experience of a lifetime. And you know what? Most of the public is going to look at it and laugh. There's going to be a small percentage that's going to be like, for real? Can you believe? Right. You know, it's yeah, it's going to happen. So, so we make the pact beforehand and we agree that if it's a really bad show, we're just going to get drunk and we're going to forget that it's going to be aired on television for the next five years. Two we just signed our life line. away. <laughs> And on Style Network, it is on TV for and the next five years. And so, again, right. and sometimes they will repeat the episode probably ten times exactly. in a week. It's like, oh my god! Exactly. You now, know, what do the couples do? The couples get compensated in any way? They don't get compensated. Um, they do work um, some form of a, a trade, a trade out where maybe a resort that because the resort has advertisement that they'll get a, a free um, four night, you know, five day stay in Jamaica somewhere. Uh -huh. They're kind of paired up, even though they may not have had their wedding in Jamaica. They'll go to Jamaica, and they're really nice resorts. Um, that's generally what they get. Or, um, obviously, for being a part of the show, sometimes uh, for the vendors to get free advertisement, they'll discount things for the couple, or sometimes they'll even throw it in for free. I mean, uh -huh. vendors, you know, this is in 40 countries. You know, the type of advertisement is international. It's sure. all over the place. You know, right. for some people, you know, some clients will hire a photographer. They're really interesting enough. They'll fly you across country to do their wedding. Sure. So I've had, I've had it happen to vendors that I've worked with. They've gotten jobs in St. Louis and, you know, the Midwest and all over the place. Um, um, right. you just never know. Yeah. You know, the world has become much smaller, you know, if you can look at people's work oh, yeah. all over the world, you know, if, and if a plane flies or a boat docks. Exactly. You know, I mean, you if you spend, say it for a baker, if the baker in material spends 
I don't know, $300 to make a cake that looks like it's worth thousands of dollars. And they give it to the couple at no charge. All they spent was $300. And if they get three, four, ten cakes out of it, my God, it more than paid for itself. Sure. So it's a benefit for everyone that's on the show. It truly is. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's, that's very interesting. What I wanted to talk about just quickly, we were actually talking about this before we went on, you know, with, with all of this, you know, reality TV and everything. Yeah. (laughs) With reality TV and, and, you know, everything moving in directions that we've never seen before in weddings. The same holds true for registry items now that it's not all about just, you know, the eight place settings of China and flatware and all. There are some really useful products, services that couples are registering for. Talk a little bit about that. Well, since I'm known for brides on a budget, I'm going to start with the things that I started working with, uh, with some of the vendors that were very receptive. Um, you know, nowadays, you know, obviously everyone wants photography. They want video. Um, they want a nice honeymoon. Some of these people are willing to spend, you know, twenty six, thirty thousand dollars um, on a wedding and, and, you know, give up the chance of having a, a nice down payment on their home. Um, what I've started doing is, I'll give you an example. There's a photographer that's within my network, and we started putting together um, registries for her packages, where maybe the bride and groom, in most cases, that have fifteen or twenty thousand. I'm going lower than the average across the United States. Um, can only afford to have a montage um, and then printing rights, where they have to make their own book, and they really want this gorgeous book the photographer has, but they can't afford it. So the photographer will actually make up little cards that you can put in your invitation. You could put it in your shower invitation where people can register with your photographer. This is always a win-win situation. Number one, bride and groom get something they want. Number two, that that person that's invited to the wedding or the the uh, shower that doesn't want to give cash because sometimes they say faux pas on cash it's a bad cold thing I don't agree with that but right. <laughs> um, here's a way of getting the couple something that they really really want that they might have had to give up now the couple doesn't have to pay for it right. now you can register and then the photographer will send these little cards saying here's a gift from Mr. and Mrs. Smith towards your photography album. It's awesome. Now you can afford that $4,000 package that maybe you only had maybe $1,500 or $2,000 to spend. Now you've doubled that amount. Now you can have the coffee table. And you can afford parents' albums. And you can afford a wonderful framed couple shot of the two of your entire wedding party. Whatever. Um, The same thing holds for video. Maybe all you were able to afford is to pay someone hourly and to hand you over an unedited you know, DVD of your affair that you'll have to have edited at some point. Okay. There's two ways you can go about this. Number one, you can register with the videographer, same way with the photographer. You can get a great edited package and have copies made for the family. You can do all kinds of great things. Number two, you wait till after the wedding and with the extra cash you get from guests, now you can have it edited through the same person that was there taping it. So you got two ways now of going about this. Now we take it one step further. Here's a couple who's willing to spend that $30,000 on the wedding and forego the home and pay rent. Eh, You know what? I'm not a firm believer in spending all that money before you have a home. But you know what? I'm not everyone. And you know what? Maybe they think, well, the money from the wedding will afford us a down payment. People, this is not real. You know, 
Maybe you only get $10,000 in cash and people will buy you gifts that you don't really want. Is that enough for a down payment on a home? Not necessarily. So why not go to your bank and make up a fund called here's our down payment on our new house fund, which now a lot of banks are taking advantage of. So now you can have the wedding of your dreams. And while people didn't want to give you cash in an envelope, they can now deposit it into the Samantha and John Smith fund. And now here's a big down payment for you. You know, I'll tell you, if you have a 300 person wedding, you can easily get a good $20,000 in that account. That's a lot of cake to put towards a down payment on something. Or again, one step further, you want to go on an elaborate honeymoon, but you've now spent all this money on your wedding. You have to wait now a year to go on a honeymoon. Make a honeymoon fund. Go to a travel agency like a Liberty Travel or different places. They now have these things where people can register towards that trip to Hawaii you've been dreaming about going on. Now you can take that money that you were going to you know, plan on your honeymoon and save it. Now, is there a downside? How do the guests feel about this? Are guests okay with this kind of, uh, of, of a registry? I have found that guests are very receptive because, um, especially with the down payment fund or photography, um, these are all going towards tangible items. A house. If they could say as a couple that are going to, or you know, guests as a wedding, I am part of that house. I gave, you know, even if it's $100, I gave something towards the house that they couldn't afford. Now, do you have to invite them to dinner? Well, you know, if you're a good cook, (laughs) that would be one thing. If you're a bad cook, you might want to take that order out Chinese. (laughs) But it's it all comes down to the tangible. If a guest can say, I was a part of that, that is the best reward. I have talked to guests at weddings. You know, some of them feel funny about just giving a check. So they could put it towards something it, it actually lessens the blow a little bit. You'd be, I'll tell you, a lot more people are receptive to this. A lot of my clients are doing this, and their guests are like, wow, you know, never thought about this. I'm going to be towards their photography book. Yeah, great. You know, and maybe as a gift back to these people someday, you could buy a nice photo, mm. part of your wedding, and put it in a nice frame and send it to them as a thank you gift. Right. I mean, these are all yeah, great things. I mean, they're wonderful. And it doesn't cost you very much to do it. Now, how do you feel about charities? As part of, of, of that. In lieu of favors, charities, in lieu of giving gifts, charities, I do it all the time. Second weddings, I would Absolutely. imagine, are, are so much more even I just had that. something that was a second wedding. Uh, it was a really cute story where um, the bride, her groom, had uh, passed away a year prior to her wedding. And same with the groom. Five months after both of their uh, significant others had passed away, they met each other and they fell in love. Wow. And they were soulmates. And at their wedding... They said on their invitation, please do not give us gifts. They both were very successful individuals. Please just put it towards the Cancer Foundation or I believe one was, um, I don't remember exactly what the other one was, but it was a significant um, charity and a couple of people obviously didn't listen to them, but the majority of the guests respected their wishes. And you know what? I have a lot of respect for that. I do. Yeah. I really do. Yeah. And I think if, if you know all of that is done and presented in good taste... I don't see how a guest could really be offended by that, you know, versus, you know, I wanted to buy that big silver platter that will never, ever get used. You know, why does that make it any more right than to say, here's money towards something that you'll enjoy every day as you you look at these portraits on the wall or you pop in your DVD (laughs) or when your kids will one day watch the wedding. And because of the generosity of your guests, 
You've now got that. Now can have that. You know, it's, uh, you know, I was married, you know, six years ago. And, you know, I, I remember some of the gifts that we received. And obviously, you know, we registered for certain items and we got another name brand with no receipts. And it was like, okay, so would I rather them give it to a charity? Absolutely. Um, or put it towards a, a fund for our new home or something that could have been utilized a little better? Yes. Was I being snobbish that it wasn't the brand that I wanted? Maybe a little bit shallow, but bottom line was, or, you know, getting a check for $25. Okay. I would rather you have given it to a charity. I don't need the $25. Give it to someone who does. Right. You know, I, I think that to give people options is a good thing. It's not insulting. You know what? It's about your day. And if you don't want to have the favors and you don't want to have gifts, then yes, if you want to have it towards something significant in your life, a charity that you work for, somebody passed away from cancer in the family, or you just want to make a difference in the world and you want to give it to someone who needs it, there's nothing wrong. It's not insulting. I I think it's truly divine and very heartfelt, to be honest. Yeah, I I agree. I think it... uh kind of elevates things. Yeah, it shows what kind of people you are. Exactly. It really, it gives, it gives your guests a sense to learn a little bit more about you and about what becomes important in your life. And I think, you know, you need more of that because just because you're invited to a wedding doesn't make you understand or know that person any better. But it's these types of things. You're not obligated to give gifts. I, you know, I did a six figure wedding last year where I was so proud of the family because um, they had two people that passed away from Alzheimer's and, you know, they gave, you know, it was a note, a special note card we had made of recycled paper that says, in lieu of a favor, your, you know, the amount has been given to the, you know, Alzheimer's Foundation, blah, 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 of New Jersey or whatever. And I was like, that was just, again, so heartfelt and just like, you know, they could have wowed their guests with some Godiva chocolate favor or, you know, some better cake, a better Venetian hour. But you know what? They were smart. Right. They were really smart. Right. So the guests didn't leave with a little oh, silver guests, bell. Do you know what the guests said? They were like, so touching. Yeah. And you know what? People took the cards. They took the recycled cards with yeah. them. I've seen so many favors get left behind. Oh, sure. But they took the cards. Absolutely. It was great. And, and it's those kind of, you know, when you talk about the long tail of your wedding, of what people will remember, don't you want them to remember things like that versus walking in and say, Oh my gosh, did you see the size of that ice carving? Nobody cares. You know, it's in a puddle in the in the in the parking lot next to the dumpster at, at midnight. And I wish more couples went out to the back and looked at the centerpieces in the dumpster and the ice carvings and everything that's thrown away. And the leftover programs that you spent twelve dollars a piece on at right. the church that, that I clean up after church. Exactly. Or, you know, especially for my clients that are on budgets. Now we talk about those types of things like do you need to get programs for every guest? No. Maybe 100 if you have 200 guests. That's fair. 75. It's going to be a waste. But to make you happy, let's do 75 programs. Because I promise you that maybe 20 guests will take them home. Maybe. That's maybe. on a good day. Right. And most of, of, and a percentage of that 20 that take it, it never makes it out of the front seat No, of the it car. doesn't. Or it gets left at the reception if it's at the same place. Or... Right. You know, maybe they'll keep it for a while and then they'll dump it a year later, but eventually it gets trashed unless it's grandma or mom or you. Right, right. Yeah, it's so true. Now, you know, just as as we're kind of wrapping things up here, shoot us some things. How does a bride stay sane on her wedding day? The most one of the most stressful, emotionally charged days that she'll experience. Any any tips that you could throw out there just to kind of how to keep on track and keep level headed that day? Well, I, I think the first thing would be, as I said in the beginning, 
you have to keep in mind there's no such thing as perfection. And if you can remember that the entire process, then your expectations will be that you will enjoy the day regardless of what happens. That's one day to keep things sane. The next thing would be that during a wedding, there are many cooks in the kitchen. Just be the yes person. Don't fight it. It doesn't mean you have to do what people are suggesting. And don't get offended if people make a suggestion or an opinion. Even if you didn't ask for it, just say, okay, thanks. I think that will really relieve a lot of, God, I can't believe your mother keeps drawing your two cents. And it doesn't mean you have to follow it. And you know, you say, oh my God, I'm so sorry, Mrs. Smith. I completely forgot. Oh, well, wasn't the wedding beautiful anyway? You know what? They're not going to stay mad forever. Right. I and, think people like to just be able to give advice. And, you know, yeah. So just listen to it and take it with a grain of salt. You know what? There's a lot of people that give advice and tell you, you should be doing this at this time. If you allow these people to destroy the planning process and you follow those timelines, they're going to make you crazy. Best thing to do is write a plan of action. You follow it the best way you can. And you know what? If something goes wrong, oh, well, you know, what? as long as you have a good time and the people that you love are there. That is the only thing that matters. The other things like the flowers and someone getting drunk and passing out at the table, you're going to laugh about that. Maybe you're not going to laugh before the wedding, but you will laugh after the wedding. You will. You <laughs> will laugh about point, it. At some point, at some you, point will line, you will laugh. And when you're telling your children about it, you will laugh when you are telling them. And But people will walk away saying, wow, that was so funny. And it was a great wedding and we had a good time. And you know what? Isn't the bottom line just to... Marry the person that you love Absolutely. and to start your life together. And that's just one day. Right, right. And, and, and I think couples need to really remember that it is an important day. It's not the most important day. There'll be many, many important days. It's the start of lots of important days. And it just needs to, everything needs to be kept in perspective. Wait till you have children and you think childbirth looks like it is on TV. I got news for you people. (laughs) A lot's edited out of that one too. Um, But you know, all of, all of this advice has really been uh, fabulous and, and coming from someone like you, who's been in the trenches and has seen it and have lived through it and lived to tell about it. And I'm still alive too. And and, and smiling (laughs) and with such a great attitude. And that's really what I admire so much about the wedding industry is, is those who are in it and are in it as a career are willing to put up with all of the stuff and still come back week after week and do it. Because I, I think, what we do is so important in people's lives that if you don't love it, you, you'll never be able to put up with all the, well, you can tell. the junk. You can tell who loves it and who doesn't. And you know what? Don't keep reminding me about the day after day. <laughs> I might change my mind. No. Yeah, no, that's, that's really so true. And uh, if anyone has uh, any questions or comments, we would love to hear from you. You can send your emails to us at feedback at the WPN.com. That's feedback at T-H-E-W-P-N.com. Or you can call our listener hotline, which is 800-882-1259. And you can leave us a voicemail there. And uh, and, and we'll be sure to, to, to get back to you. And if you have any questions for Samantha, you can include those as well. I'm sure she'd be happy to answer them for you. You've been listening to Meet the Masters with Samantha Goldberg of Gold Events and Company, only available on Wedding Podcast Network. I'm Robert Allen, and we'll see you next time. 